When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by Consumer Guide Automotive. We make car buying easier. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, a staff writer here at HowStuffWorks.com. With me is my trusty editrix, the intrepid Candace Gibson. How are you, Candace? I'm fabulous, Josh. Well, I hope you are feeling intrepid right now. We're about to enter some grisly territory. Let's talk about Jack the Ripper, shall we? Indeed. Okay, so specifically, could Jack the Ripper have been an artist? Ah, the artist formerly known as Jack the Ripper, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. one Walter Sickert, a British Impressionist painter. He would have been 28 around the time of the famous Ripper murders, also called the canonical murders. These took place back in 1888 from August 31st to November 9th, just to set the scene for you. And it would have been more than just doves crying in that dank and depraved east end of London in the Whitechapel district. It would have been the sound of of prostitutes. Um, More specifically, his prey of choice was the alcoholic, drunk, middle-aged, and unattractive prostitute. It's the unattractive part that really gets you, you know? I mean, it's bad enough as it is, but unattractive, too. Now, the problem is, is uh, Jack the Ripper is never caught. And as such, a kind of field of amateur investigation called Ripperology has grown up over the centuries um, of people who dedicate their time trying to figure out who Jack the Ripper was, right? Right, right. Okay. And over the years, police departments in London, too, have fingered about 170 Suspects in the yeah. case, but no one's ever been definitively convicted of the crime. And back in 2002, someone who wasn't even a real ripperologist sort of took a stab at the case, no pun intended, and that was crime novelist Patricia Cornwell, and she was the one who named Walter Sickert. And she had, you know, some hard evidence and some sort of, uh, I don't know, loosely based evidence, and the loosely based evidence was sort of relevant to her to her interpretation of Sickert's art. Now, actually, um, yeah, th- she considered uh, some of Sickert's paintings confessional, like he had actually painted um, or used the murdered prostitutes that he murdered uh, as models for some of his paintings, and that th- that um, he was either taunting police or getting this off his chest through these paintings. Or he could have been super authentic because he was taught under the school of American painter James Whistler, who recommended that 
Sickert paint from life. So um, if you wanted to paint dead prostitutes, it only made sense you had to off them first. <laughs> what, what, what better way to do it than yeah than that? Now, actually, in a 1988 uh, FBI psychological profile of Jack the Ripper, um, one of the uh, one of the points they concluded was that the Ripper probably would have um, either um, gotten some of his rage out in between murders by drawing pictures of brutalized women or writing you know fantasy stories about brutalizing women. So Sickert kind of fits that bill, but really one of the problems with basing your theory on art is that art is so widely open to interpretation, especially Impressionism. Yeah, and that's what's kind of wild about this point of Cornwell's argument. The painting that she was using as her most damning evidence was called the Camden Town Murder, and this featured a man sitting on the edge of a bed, and while he's dressed, there's a woman in bed who's naked and ostensibly dead, and she was saying, look, look, this is it, y'all, this is the ultimate tantamount confession, but... Uh, another critic pointed out that the painting has an alternate title, mm-hmm. and that is, What Shall We Do for Rent? Right, so the, the murderer and murdered woman go uh, to a, a desperate couple down on their luck, just with the change of the title. Right, right, very chiaroscuro tones exactly. in that regard. <laughs> I'm such a critic. <laughs> she, uh, she didn't base her theory entirely on her interpretation of Sickert's art, though. She actually, um, with her vast millions, um, purchased some paintings to try to find clues and actually tore one apart, which the curator of the Royal Academy in London later called monstrously stupid publicly, um, that action. But she also had some hard evidence. Yeah, she had some MTDNA in her bag. Mm-hmm. Mitochondrial yes. DNA. Right. And the glitch with this is that mitochondrial DNA only comes from our mother's lineage. So it's discounting your, your father's input mm-hmm. into you, essentially. So using that to confirm the identity of someone is only half. Right. It, and it, it turns out it left about 50,000 people in London at that time who could have produced a match. Strangely, though, one of them was Walter Sickert. And the way she found a match was she compared um, some of Sickert's DNA with DNA samples taken from the Ripper letters. Now, from the time of the murders till about 1960, hundreds of letters came in ostensibly written by Jack the Ripper. Um, most Ripperologists don't think he wrote any of them. But um, she Cornwell found that uh, Sickert had written one or two of them. Uh, now, she kind of jumped to a conclusion saying that, you know, in her opinion, that meant he was the Ripper, but uh, a Ripperologist um, kind of put it into perspective, thanking Cornwell for all of her hard work and research and proving that Walter Sickert was indeed one of the people who wrote fraudulent Jack the Ripper letters. So. Well, that was rather tongue-in-cheek. And if you want to learn more about this case, there's so much more to learn, True. check out Could Jack the Ripper Have Been an Artist on HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Hey, if you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. Use promo code STUFF20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at Visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month.
Today's episode is brought to you by Altoids because, let's face it, unraveling the mysteries of the universe is tough work. But with Altoids, your breath will be stronger than a black hole's gravitational pull, more intense than an alien abduction, and more reliable than your phone's battery during a podcast marathon. When it comes to needing intense freshness, Altoids have you covered. Altoids are stronger than your favorite conspiracy theory, more intense than the latest true crime docuseries, and more reliable than a Bigfoot sighting. They're not just mints, they're curiously strong mints. Find Altoids in the checkout aisle. Grab your tin today. 